0: One night was in Kinnick Stadium, really late night for the Hawkeye Insider crew, but, you know, those are the games that, that you love to cover and you love to stay up late for and rewatch and just kind of watch this city surround itself around one team. But, uh, yeah, it's good to be back here with you. David Eichel here from HawkeyeInsider.com. Wanted to kind of just give a final recap to what we saw on Saturday afternoon. Inside Kinnick Stadium with the then number seven Minnesota team coming to town was a really interesting game. I think just diving right into it, I think it was a very interesting game for Iowa. A lot of a lot of different things I saw. I think especially offensively, and you know, I think first things first. I think Brian Ferentz called a really good game. Iowa was getting the ball in the playmakers' hands. Tyler Goodson got off to a very hot start. I mean, you think of right away. I mean, Iowa hadn't scored. A touchdown in the first three quarters against either Iowa State, Wisconsin, Michigan, or Penn State hanging this game. So, fans really didn't know what to expect. They weren't expecting much, but thought this would be a little bit more of a slugfest. But, I mean, Iowa came out to a very hot start. Uh, You know, third play of the game on a third and short they faked the handoff to fullback Brady Ross and do a nice pitch out to Tyler Goodson went 26 yards. The entire Minnesota defense was fooled. And I think, I believe that's the first pitch play that Iowa uh, had run all season. And you know, what a good time I think for that. And I think that immediately established confidence with Goodson and with the rest of the offense and Iowa followed that up. Nate Stanley had an eight yard rush. uh, And then they had a fourth down fourth and one, Brian Farns calls a three-step drop back and Nate Stanley delivers a strike to Nate Weeding. Who I th- I think that was one of the biggest plays of the game was that early fourth down conversion because that was to keep the momentum alive. Otherwise it's almost like every other game where Iowa gets across the 50, gets in opposing territory, but then their drive just stalls cuz they stop completing passes. The the defensive rush goes through and gets hits on Stanley and you know it, again it's just kind of what we've seen all season but after that fourth down conversion, Nate Stanley dropped back, delivered a nice pass to Nico Regani. who made a nifty little kind of awkward spin move at the same time, but dove in the end zone to get that quick six-nothing lead. Uh there was a you know a miss hold on that extra point, and Iowa was held to six. And the defense came out firing right away. I know they, they picked up Minnesota picked up two third and longs. But they did force a 50-yard field goal that ended up missing. And I think the biggest, you know, one of the turning points of the game was the fact that Iowa just so quickly followed up with another another touchdown of their own back-to-back scoring drives against a top-10 team. And it makes you think, well, where have we seen this before? Well, it's become a common occurrence inside Kinnick Stadium. They are 5-1 in the last six night games against top-10 teams in November so, I mean, a pretty impressive stat there. And I think this is the drive that people are going to say, yeah, Tyler Goodson really came about here. Freshman rang back out of Georgia. Absolutely dynamic. I think a lot of fans, a lot of the media have been saying it's time to get him more involved in the offense. And it was. And Brian Farns and Kirk took that advice, really kind of laid everything out and said, this guy is the one that gives us the best chance to win. Not experience experienced as Torn Young, not as experienced as Makai Sargent, but there's no doubt that Tyler Goodson's the most explosive running back on that roster. And he, he had 45, I believe he had 45 yards on that second drive. Immediately back-to-back runs, 9 yards, 21 yards, moved the ball. Then they went to a few pass plays. Iowa got down at uh, the 10-yard line, and Tyler Goodson looked like he was going to get stopped for a loss of two, loss of three yards, but he stiff-armed two people and then went right at Minnesota's cornerback and drove him back another two or three yards as he dove into the end zone for his second touchdown of the season. Really great game for Tyler Goodson. Didn't get as involved later in the game, but he did end up having to leave uh, with an injury in the fourth quarter. Kind of limped off the field, but I I talked to some people um, a couple family members of Tyler Goodson. They said they talked to him after the game. He They, they kept him out for a precautionary reason. He's going to be fine. Uh, he will be expected to play against Illinois. And I'd be surprised if, if he wasn't the guy going forward. His teammates speak highly of him. His work ethic, his attention to detail. Uh, he's become a much better blocker. Kirk Ferentz praised him after the game for his blocking ability. And I think something that was interesting, too, Looking back, I immediately when the press conference started with Kirk Ferentz, I asked him what was the reasoning behind giving Tyler Goodson his first start, and he just said, "Tyler gives us the best chance to do things. We really liked all three of our backs; they're all doing a good job. But Tyler did a lot of good things out there, and it was even more impressive because he didn't execute some of the blocks uh, that he did in the game. But he didn't he didn't do them execute them well in practice over the course of the week." Uh, And Kirk just said that's the type of guy he is, a young guy he is. He'll make a mistake. He's not going to make it twice. He fixes it. So I I think face value, great game for Tyler Goodson. I think this is going to be a sign of things to come. He's now second on the team and carries on the season, surpassing Torn Young, and Young did not play a snap on Saturday night. But switching sides real quick, we'll go back to the offense in a minute. But the defense – you know, I, I I was pretty worried about the pass rush early. I think a lot of people were. Tanner Morgan, by the way, tremendous quarterback. I he The amount he improved from his freshman to sophomore year is outstanding. And with that receiver group that Minnesota has, that's no joke. Tyler Johnson needs to be a first two-round guy in this next NFL draft. Nine catches, 170 yards, one touchdown, average of 19 yards a catch. He's been doing that all season for Minnesota. I mean – explosive player same thing as you know same thing with Rashad Bateman six catches 98 yards uh, 16 yards a catch but Iowa was giving way too much time to Tanner Morgan to start the game they couldn't produce any pass rush he just sat back there waited for his guys to get open for five six even seven seconds and it's hard for second Iowa secondary to keep up with that it's hard for any secondary to, to defend those explosive playmakers you know, that, that early, this is a Minnesota team that has scored 31 or more points in every single game this year. They hadn't, they hadn't faced a deficit. They hadn't been down since October 5th. I mean, this is a team that's used to playing in front and they've dominated their competition this year. So if they get confident, that's a bad thing for Iowa's defense, but they held strong, only allowed two field goals in the first half Did get in a bit of a dicey spot, and we're giving up a lot of chunk plays. But when the team needed to crack down, they, they, for the most part, cracked down. And I think the guy that started all, Chauncey Golston, you know, the the storyline for Iowa is going to be A.J. Epinesa. A couple storylines, I think, need to be said. Chauncey Golston, the first quarter, I think he really established the tone for Iowa. He had two pass breakups, tip balls at the line, had a couple good tackles, half a sack, a tackle for loss. He was all over the place, established that tone for Iowa, but a very hidden piece. And I think people are finally going to give him the credit that he deserves for the season. He's had middle linebacker, Christian Welch came back this week and is nothing against Dylan Doyle, nothing against Jack Campbell, but they aren't Christian Welch Christian. Even some of his teammates after, uh, I think it was, wasn't AJ Epinesa, but, uh, Geno Stone said that You know, Welch is a confident guy. He has confidence in the calls that he makes. And it's nothing against Doyle or Campbell, but they're such young guys. They don't have the experience. They're not confident with their calls. And that can be, you know, a little bit difficult for a defense to overcome. But Welch came back, led the team with 11 tackles, had a sack, had a pass break, a tackle for loss, really flying all over the field. And, you know, without him, I don't think Iowa wins this game. I think Welch is extremely important for Iowa. And just goes to show how he's the uh, kind of that base of that defense, a very hidden leader for that defense. But as I mentioned, the story of the game also is going to be A.J. Epinesa. Epinesa, not been struggling all year. I think some people on the outside look at numbers. They get overwhelmed by them. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's a guy who was second in the Big Ten in quarterback pressures. He was getting the job done in that fourth quarter specifically. Two and a half sacks for Epinesa on the day, two and a half tackles for loss, an additional quarterback hit, and he forced a fumble and finished with four total tackles, facing double and triple teams most of the day, was winning most of his one-on-one coverage. Epinesa now, for as quiet as some people believe he's been this year, Epinesa is now first on team in sacks. He has seven sacks while facing double and triple teams most of the season. And I think he's going to be able to hit double digits, specifically with Illinois and Nebraska coming up. I don't think that they'll be able to, to block him as effectively as some of the more elite teams in the conference. But Epinesa played tremendous. Obviously, you know, Ogino Stone said that Epinesa is the most humble kid he's ever played with for as big of a talent as he is. So that, and that's not surprising when you listen to his interviews. Epinesa is all about the team praised Joe Evans after the game the red shirt freshman walk on from Ames High School finished with 1 1.5 sacks really did a good job of flushing Tanner Morgan out of the pocket and creating opportunities for the Iowa defense so Epinesa, I thought played outstanding Minnesota did outgain Iowa 431 to 290 yards he had 368 passing yards and with fifth year senior Michael Ojamudia out of the game Riley Moss was thrust into a tough situation but I thought Moss played pretty well for the most part had the game clinching interception on that fourth down but the defense came up big they got the stop when they needed to Geno Stone said not much as Roy really said Uh, to the defense before they went out there for the final time. They just knew they had to get it done. And this was really the first time that the Iowa defense had to get a stop to win the game this season. And they got it with ease. I I think most people thought that Minnesota would be able to, you know, bunch of chunk plays, get down the field. But Iowa's defensive line came up big. Six sacks On the game, I believe that's the most against a Big Ten opponent since 2013. Minnesota had only allowed two sacks over the past five games combined. Iowa managed six. If Iowa can carry that over into the final two games, that's going to be big for them. But, yeah, flipping back to the offense, I I think Nate Stanley deserves a lot of praise. I think Nate Stanley, you know, people can talk about the numbers, the lack of touchdowns, the missed throws at times. But Nate Stanley's played his best football this season. When he has gotten a clean pocket, he has delivered strikes. Look at the fourth quarter against Wisconsin. Look at the first half against Minnesota. Some of his best football he's played. There are some drops, obviously, throughout the past month or so. And that hasn't helped his numbers. But he's delivering strikes. And I thought he played very well yesterday. 14-23, to 173 yards, two touchdowns. And you could just... See how happy he was post-game. He's a guy that doesn't really joke around that much. Very very calm, collected most of the time. Talking to the media, good perspective, very coach-speak, but very loose yesterday. Right. Almost as if a burden had been lifted off his shoulders and he delivered another, another big-time win inside Kinnick Stadium. And we'll talk about this later this week, but I really hope Iowa fans give him a big, big ovation because obviously next Saturday is his final game inside Kinnick Stadium, and he could still go down as a touchdown leader. He's only 10 away from tying Chuck Long. There's three games left going up against Nebraska and Illinois. It would take a lot for him to be able to get up there, but... Nebraska and Illinois defenses have not held strong this year. And if it looks like Iowa's gonna get Brandon Smith back, so that could be something to watch. But even if he doesn't, I, I you know I think that he's absorbed a lot of criticism, some of it warranted, some of it not. But worse comes to worse. I think if you're an Iowa fan, he's been a perfect ambassador for the program and the type of leader and guy that you want in your locker room. So Stanley played well. Going back to Brian Ferencz really quick, I, I think it was big that he they gave the ball to playmakers. 18 targets for Tyrone Tracy, Namir Smith, Marsett combined. Hopefully that number stays above for the Iowa offense when Brian Smith comes back. Tyler Goodson got involved right away. Uh, Makai Sargent did not run that much. And, you know, I think credit Nate Stanley and credit Iowa it, it, on especially on defense because Minnesota made some tremendous adjustments in that second half. They held Iowa to 75 total yards, and, you know, they, they battled through it. Iowa, you knew that Minnesota was going to come back swinging. It wasn't going to be an Ohio State-type game, but Iowa held strong, and Kirk Ferentz obviously was emotional after the game. But I think there were a lot of just – there was a lot of big-time performances by Iowa, and I think, again, Brian Ferentz deserves a lot of credit – uh, Keith Duncan hitting that field goal with uh, 7.13 remaining. Obviously, turned out to be massive. And I think another big, big thing was Minnesota missing, shanking that extra point after they scored their final touchdown of the game. Forced them, they would need a touchdown to, to win the game. And that it wasn't going to be a tie. So you knew it was going to end in regulation there. The bottom line, I think Minnesota is a good team. I do think Iowa is the better football team. Iowa's lost three games to top 15 opponents by a combined 14 points. And I did put this on HawkeyeInsider.com. Be sure to read it if you haven't. But Iowa has a good football team this year. And as disappointed as people are, I think it's important to set aside the context of this season.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
0: and allow the players to celebrate. This is months of work that go unnoticed. People see the product on the field. They are in there with the coaches in the locker room every day. They aren't on the practice field. They aren't going through the trials and hardships that these student-athletes have to go through and all the things they have to balance in order to perform on the field. So I think think it's a tremendous way for Iowa to to really – try to finish off their season because 10 wins is still on the table. If they, if they beat Illinois, they beat Nebraska and go on uh, to a bowl game, which is, I believe looking like the holiday bowl right now. I still think there's a shot at the red box. If Iowa doesn't take care of business, but I don't think Iowa's getting surpassed. If they are a nine win, nine win regular season, big 10 team. I think they're going to go to the holiday. I think the holiday bowl would welcome Iowa with open arms, but No, it was a tremendous game. I think Tyler Goodson needs to be the starter from now on. I think Iowa kind of pushing the envelope on offense, taking some shots downfield early, throwing in some trick plays, kind of changing things up. I think think it was huge for Iowa, and I think that needs to continue going forward throughout the rest of the season and in the next season. Iowa's offensive line held strong. The wide receivers have been a breath of fresh air, I think, for Iowa uh, fans to watch. So we'll see what happens going forward. But yeah, I know all in all, I think, I think Iowa played a, a good game. I think again, Nate Stanley played well, AJ Epinesa really, I think he's solidifying himself as a top 15 pick. So obviously no inside word on this, no nothing official from AJ or his family, but I'll say this just on pure speculation Enjoy watching Epinesa one more time in Kinnick Stadium. And I would say the same thing along with Tristan Wirfs. Those are two guys right now that most NFL mock drafts have going in the top 15. Uh, But, you know, I always got a lot of young playmakers. One final point I did want to hit is Tyrone Tracy. You know, it's interesting that people are going to wonder what his production will look like when Brandon Smith comes back. But,. Against the teams that Tracy's had to go against in the past few games. I don't think it's a joke. I don't think it's a fluke. I think Tyrone Tracy is going to be a guy that Iowa fans are going to really love watching over the next few years. I, I thought he should play as a true freshman, but I think that redshirt year get, you know, giving him that year to develop more strength wise route running hands. I think it's paid off tremendous for him. And I think that, He's going to be that. They don't call him sweet feet for nothing. It seems like that he finds a way just to make plays happen. He described himself to me before the season as he wants me to know as an electric, explosive playmaker. And I think that's been highlighted a lot over the past three weeks with Smith's injury, granted, but it's only going to get better when Smith returns to the lineup. But Tracy, very strong guy. He's only 5'11, 190 pounds according to HawkeyeSports.com, but he's a strong kid, very explosive athlete that I don't think Iowa fans have seen uh, in quite some time, averaging 18 yards to catch this season, 513 yards, three touchdowns on 28 receptions. Over the past three games, he's got 13 catches, almost 300 yards, and two touchdowns, and Northwestern game, he had a 50-yard scamper. And Wisconsin, he had that 75-yarder in the fourth quarter. So I think Iowa fans should get excited about him. Amir Smith-Marset coming up with that touchdown yesterday. Him getting back in his, you know, a little bit of his groove, a little bit of swagger. But, you know, I think this is a big-time win for Iowa because not even just because it's a rivalry game, not because it's a top-10 opponent. They need it just to get back on track. They need that signature win on the season to kind of sum up this season. They need – I don't want to say to prove themselves with the talent. But for morale reasons, and I think going forward, I think you lose a lot of momentum if you lose to Wisconsin and Minnesota back-to-back weeks, two programs that a lot of people believe are on the up and up. So those are my kind of final thoughts about the game. You can obviously check out much more at hawkeyeinsider.com. Something I do want to mention as well, for the next few hours, the end of tonight, Hawkeye Insider is offering 60% off of annual subscriptions to the site. Just over $3 a month over a year's time. You're saving over $75. Get the latest Iowa scoop on recruiting, football analysis, basketball analysis, and much more. We're put out about seven, eight different types of content every day. Obviously, our message boards. We are dedicated to bringing you the best, most accurate, and most insightful Uh, news regarding Hawkeye Athletics. So, HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. Be sure to take a look at that. But anyways, thanks for tuning in another edition of the Swarmcast. We'll be back later this week with Sean Bach, possibly Dylan Byrne, to break down everything Hawkeye basketball and previewing this weekend's game against Illinois. So, stay tuned for that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and take care.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.